So just a few announcements. Um, this coming Saturday, October 7th, is finally the Suicide Prevention Walk. It is not too late to donate, and it is not too late to walk. If you don't want to actually sign up, but you want to show up, see me. You can still do that. We're going to come together as a group. It's not as early as the original assigned time. I will be there between 7.30 and 8 because I'm a team captain. Show up, it's going to be around 9 45, 10 o'clock before the walk actually kicks off. So, if anybody's interested, if you just want to come out and start praying over the area, amen. Please come and do that. So, um, I, I didn't win the um, team, so okay. <laughs> um, October 14th is our cider mill trip. You can see Miss Nita with any questions on that. It's a fun time. You get to go to the cider mill in Frontier Town. For us coffee drinkers, they have the best coffee shop there. So I'm just saying that right now. Um, <laughs> Haley and I like the lavender coffee wherever Haley is. Um, Sunday, October 15th, um, support the pastor appreciation out at Greenfield Church. They're going to be going out to sing, so if you want to do uh, sponsor with them, you can go ahead and help them and come and support all those. And finally, but not least, once again, for those that do not have an email and you want a hard copy printed out on paper, Miss Nita has volunteered to give you the copy. So just see Miss Nita or myself. I believe we have three people right now that need the hard copy. So see one of us, and we'll make sure that gets to you, okay? That way you always know what's going on. You can physically look at it if you don't have that email. All right, we're going to get ready for our praise and worship team. <laughs> and you all have a blessed and wonderful day. <laughs> And lots of entertainment. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's what you want to see on a Sunday morning. It's life. Praise God. Can we stand and give God some praise in the building? Hallelujah. Stacy, will you open us up in prayer this morning? Nothing left. 
How many can give him praise and say, he's my comfort? It's so good to know that you're never alone. It's so good to know that throughout all the trials and the stresses of life, praise him, y'all can go down, that you're never by yourself. You're never alone. God is with you through everything you go through. We give glory and honor to God. All of you, my father's children that are in the building and those that are online, some still out sick, but quite a few here today, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Why don't you give a hand clap and give God some praise in the building? Oh, you can do better than that. Welcome our online guests. Give a praise unto God. Hallelujah. We are in a series, um, the series of Romans, and inside of that series, the Lord has led us. We are spirit-led, so we don't have to follow a certain particular pattern. He's led us into a sub-series of that series called The Benefits of Holiness. Everybody say, The Benefits of Holiness. 
Uh, a lot of people just want to be saved, but they miss out on some of the benefits that God provides through holiness, through being set apart and separated and sanctified unto the Lord. God has some benefits for those who love him. We're going to read our, our theme scripture for this sub-series, which is Romans 12 and 1, and then we're going into our, our uh, scriptures for today that the Lord has put on my heart. I thank you for praying this week. I, I've often noticed that when you pray, my preaching changes. <laughs> when you pray, God knows what you need before you have it, and sometimes I'll be headed in this direction, and God will snatch me, and all of a sudden, I'm headed in that direction. That's because you're praying, and he has something specific in mind for you to hear. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. We should have that part memorized by now. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. What does it say? I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. You guys just don't know how good I feel to look downstairs and, and see what I've been envisioning coming to pass. Downstairs in the fellowship hall, it's full of people learning and fellowshipping together. Uh, and then up here, people are praying, and then we all get together, and children's church is functioning, and the nursery is functioning. Every, this is a healthy church, and when we came, that was our goal. And we're so grateful that God has given us a healthy, vibrant, and growing church. Aren't you glad about that? Give God a praise. I, I look back there now, we, we got a cameraman on every camera and somebody on the lights and somebody on this and somebody on that. God is growing and if you haven't found out what God uh, has for you, come on and plug in. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Psalms today, Psalms chapter 23 verses 1 through 3. After we finish the sermon today, remember we are doing a baptism for Chrissy. Chrissy is getting baptized today, so let's stay and support her. Psalms 23, 1 through 3, as they pull it up on the screen. I want you to internalize this word today. Let's all read. Let's stand together for the reading of the word of our Lord. Stand if you can. What does it say? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. From this scripture, other related scriptures. Oh, righteousness for his name's sake. <laughs> my bad. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. I cut it off because I'm, I'm starting right here. I'm going to read it one more time because this is where I want you to, to focus. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. From that scripture, the part A of the verse and other related scriptures, I want to talk to you from this scripture and this topic and this thought beneath the surface. Beneath the surface. You may be seated in the presence of God. Hallelujah. So grateful for all the pieces of the puzzle that God is putting uh, together. Thank you for Taterhan and the musicians and Haley and all those people. God is working in a, a miraculous and a wonderful way. Brothers and sisters, as we've been talking about the benefits of holiness, it is my goal and my, my purpose that you don't leave and not get all of the benefits that God has for you. I, I work in the retirement industry and in the, in the financial industry, and a lot of times it amazes me how I see people as they get ready to retire, 
and they can't retire the way they want to. And the reason they can't retire how they want to is because when they came in in their new employee orientation, they went through a process called new members orientation. Everybody said new members. A new, new employees orientation. But the problem is that they rushed through the orientation and there was so much paperwork and they felt overwhelmed. Sign this form, do that, do this, make sure you get this, make sure you get that benefit. And they look over things like retirement. They look over things like, like saving for their future. And then here it is 25 years later and their body is beaten and their body is shorn and they're ready to go to the house. And I have to sit in front of a person and say, why does Johnny get to go home and I don't? And I say, well, did you know about this benefit? where you could put up money to save for your retirement, and somehow it had got lost in translation, and while they weren't paying attention, it went right over their head, and they spent the past 25, 30 years of their life living, not really enjoying the benefits that were available to them. And because of that, they don't live the best life that they could live because they had the benefit, but they did not know how to access it. They didn't know how to get it, and I've come to you to let you know that there are many people that are saved and on their way to heaven, but they live defeated lives because there are some benefits. Everybody say benefits. There are some benefits to, to, to the kingdom of God. Sometimes working in the kingdom of God, the pay isn't the best, but you don't go to a job for the pay. You go for the benefits and there God has some benefits that money can't buy and I've come to you to let you know that there are some benefits not to just being saved but some benefits to living holy there are some benefits to living a life that is consecrated or set apart for God. There are some benefits to living a life that says, I don't live like everybody else. I am a peculiar person. I am a royal priesthood. I don't do the same. I don't talk the same. I don't walk the same. I don't live the same as everybody else. Why? Because when I get ready to retire from this earth and I get ready to accept my retirement into heaven, I want to have all of the what? benefits that are laid up for me. For the Bible says that there is a thing called the great white throne of judgment. And inside of that throne, the Bible says that all men were given according to the deeds that they were done, whether good or evil while they were in the body. In other words, some of the benefits you have for living holy, you might not even see on this side of the grass, but you will see them one day. I've come to you to say don't fall for easy believism and just fall for the trap that I got my foot in the door of heaven and miss out on all the other benefits that God has for you. And one of the benefits God has for you is a relationship that goes far beneath the surface. We've talked about how God has given us different benefits and how he'll bring happiness to us if we learn to separate ourselves from those who don't care about God, those who are not interested in God. That doesn't mean that we don't see them day in and day out, but to fellowship with them and have close relationship with them. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but that man's delight is in the law of the Lord. He wants to fellowship 
fellowship and connect with God through his word. And the Bible says that in his law, he does what? Meditate day and night. Somebody that loves the word of God. And you don't have to beg them. By the time you've opened your Bible on Sunday morning, they've opened theirs 15 times already. And you don't have to. I can always tell those type of people. Don't keep calling if you have a problem. But I've noticed that when people get in their Bible, Pastor Ernie, you're a pastor. You know that. You get less phone calls. You get less phone calls because the answer is not in your pastor. The answer is in the word of God. The answer is in God's truth. And if you will get in the word, God will give you everything you need. He wants to provide good things. The answer is not in your pastor. The answer is at this altar. The answer is on your knees at your bedside. The answer is at the stoplight in your car. When you lift up praises and prayer to God and David, who was a man after all God's own heart, <coughs> lets us know this morning that there are some benefits to being set apart. Now, I like David. Why? Why do I like David? Because David is an imperfect individual. David is an imperfect being. David is a person who had many hangups and, and, and many, many faults. But at the end of the day, he was still a man after God's own heart, because even when he messed up, his heart was bent to please God. He wanted something more than just surface. He wanted some, a deeper connection from God. He says, cast me not from thy presence. Don't take your spirit from me. He said, no matter what I go through and no matter what foolishness happens in my life, God, one thing is I don't want to be separated from you. I want to be close to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So as David writes this song, he's talking about the benefits of somebody who is set apart and, and, and is holy. Why are they holy? That word set apart, unique, different than the other ones. And as we walk in holiness, we will experience a depth in our relationship that David is writing to us. I don't know about you. Coming to church is great. Seeing all your faces is great. But I don't just want to come and watch somebody else get all their benefits and I don't get mine. I don't want to watch somebody with tears and their eyes and their arms raised and they're feeling something that I can't feel. I, I want to feel it for myself. I, 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 I don't want other people to come to the altar and just get prayer and praise and breakthroughs. That's great if they get them. I'm grateful for that. But I want to get the benefits. I don't want anything that God has for you, but I don't want to leave anything on the table that he has for me. <laughs> so if God has some peace, I want it. If God has some joy, I want it. If God has some health, I want it. If God has some prosperity, I want it. If God has some love and joy, I want it. I want everything that he has for me. And David is letting you know that the relationship that he has with God, although God is everybody's shepherd, that it is a unique relationship because he simply says this. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, I know if you pause and think about that, you know that he's yours, too. And you say, well, how could David be so selfish as to only think about himself? What David is saying is, I don't know what he's done for you and your relationship is your relationship. But regardless of what your relationship is, I know one thing for certain. He is my shepherd. Now, hallelujah. Now, when you use that word my, it's a possessive term, but it, and it indicates ownership. And when you first hear it, you will say, well, then he belongs to me. But what you have to realize is on the surface and listening, it would seem like you possess God. But the word shepherd messes the whole thing up because the word shepherd means that you don't possess him, but he possesses 
you. But the sheep doesn't own the shepherd. The shepherd owns the sheep. The sheep belongs to the shepherd. So he's not saying that God belongs to me, but he is saying that I belong to God. Oh, you should shout right there. No matter what you're going through in life, no matter what troubles are in your way, always remember, you can always give a declarative, I belong to God. The enemy is is busting me up and down my head and I I have hell all in my life and I have sickness and sadness and people acting crazy. Just know that they can only go so far because I belong to God and God's only going to let you get so far before the shepherd pulls out his staff. And not only is the shepherd's staff have a crook to pull you back in the line, but it has a blunt edge on the other end. So when the wolf and the lion and the bear come in, that the shepherd can take care of that too. I've come to tell you, stop trying to fight your own battles because you don't belong to yourself. You belong to the shepherd. And what say we if God be for us? Who can be against us? Hallelujah. The shepherd indicates a different relationship of ownership. It is never the sheep who owns the shepherd, but the shepherd who owns the sheep. And in short, when I submit to God in holiness, I realize something that he owns me. When you realize that your prayers are different and you keep stop telling God what you want him to do and you start asking God what he wants you to do. You stop saying, Lord, fix this for me and do this for me. And you start saying, Lord, what will you have for my life? My life is yours. My life is not my own. I should be dead. I should be in jail. I should be on drugs. I should be out of my mind. I should be on the street. And seeing as you have seen fit to bring me into this holy sanctuary today. I'm not going to ask you to do another thing for me. I want to say, what can I do for your kingdom? What can I do for your call? What can I do for your purpose? I'm available to you. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. It tells you this, that you are not your own. You were bought with a Price. You are not your own. You don't belong to yourself. That's why sometimes our prayers, they get a little selfish because we think that we belong to ourselves and we are trying to get God to come along with our agenda. We are trying to get God to come along with what we want. And the reason it's not working is because you're working in your own strength. God is not going to do what you want. God is going to do what he wants. We preached that a while back in the sermon called Sovereign. The Lord is in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases. Are you struggling with what you have? Sometimes God allows the struggle to strengthen us and for other things, but sometimes the reason we are struggling is because we are outside of the will of God. The shepherd has built a hedge around us and a field of protection and we have gotten away from the shepherd. I don't know if you know this or not, but when a sheep gets lost and he goes outside the fold, when he goes outside the fold and he he does something he's not supposed to do, the shepherd leaves all his sheep and what he does is he finds that other sheep, but when he finds them, he does something peculiar. He takes his leg and snaps it in two. And the reason he stakes his leg and snaps it in two is to make him humble and to make him dependent on the shepherd. He says, I'm going to snap your leg and break it. That way, although this is painful for you, it'd be much more painful to get eaten by a wolf. 
<laughs> It'll be much more painful to get eaten by a bear and a lion. And so he snaps his leg. Some of us have gone through things in life and you don't realize that the shepherd is breaking you for your own good. But God, why do I have to go through this? Because you're wild and you won't listen. And the shepherd is trying to break you for your own good. <laughs> God, why do I have to go through these struggles? Because you haven't yet realized that you belong to me, so I got to break you for your own good. Some of our breaking doesn't come from the enemy. Some of our breaking doesn't come from the devil. Some of our breaking comes from the shepherd. (laughs) Somebody saying, Lord, why do I have to go through this? Lord, why do I have to face this? Because your heart is still straying, and God is saying, for your own good, I've got to break you down. Because why? How does he get back? When he gets his leg broken, he doesn't walk back on his own. But the shepherd takes the sheep and he throws them across his shoulders and he walks back and carries them. And God says, you may be broken, but you're healed. But while you're healing, I'm going to carry you through what you don't have the strength to carry yourself through. Can somebody say he carried me? How many of you know that when you were down and you were broken and and, and life seemed to be beating you up outside your head, although you don't know how you got here today, you're here. It's because the shepherd broke you for your own good, but he didn't just leave you broken while you were healing and learning not to go outside of the shepherd's safety. Aren't you glad that God carried you? (laughs) You're not here because you're good. (laughs) You're not here because you're righteous. You're not here because you're perfect. You're here that because despite all of the wrong you did the shepherd put you on his shoulders and he carried you when you couldn't carry yourself (laughs) has anybody ever felt the hand of God guiding them saying God I don't know how this is happening because I don't even have the strength to make this happen that's the shepherd carrying you (laughs) hallelujah 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 Lord, why would you break me like that? <laughs> if I worked at a store, I, would, I might understand all the rules and the decisions on how that store ran, but I'm more willing to do what I'm supposed to do in that store. Why? Because they're paying me and I don't own the store. <laughs> so I do what the owner said. What are you saying, Pastor? I might not understand how to completely and totally run my life. As a matter of fact, I do run my life, but I add an eye into it. I ruin my life. <laughs> All the decisions I make ruin my life. I, I, I'm bad with money. I'm bad with relationships. I'm bad with friends. I'm bad with family. Everything I touch doesn't turn to gold. It turns to something else. And, that's, and, and I don't know why that is. I'm ruining my life. If, you are, if your life is being ruined, it's possible because you are not letting God run it. Who Jesus? <laughs> because it's you who think you own him, but he own you. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. He is, that's a powerful statement because if the owner makes the rules, then the owner is responsible for the outcome. Uh, uh, sometimes I don't agree with everything that happens at my place of employment, but I do it anyway, Pastor Ernie, even if I don't think it's going to work because you know why? Somebody's above me, and if I, don't, if I do what I was told to do and it don't work, it's not my fault. It's death. And sometimes God will have you do things that don't make sense. And you're worried about the outcome. The outcome is not on you. The outcome is on God. God told you to live holy. God told you to live righteous. And if God did it, why are you worried about the outcome? Let the person that owns you worry about those things. Give your life over to God. 
completely and totally surrender to him. Be like Jesus, not my will, but thine be done. You've got to learn to trust and entrust your life to Jesus. Remember that? Our sermons are connected. When we trust, we what? Entrust. When we trust, we will entrust our life with Jesus. He is the shepherd and he cares for you. And why are we still walking in anxiety? Why are we still walking in fear? Why are we still walking in bitterness? Because we have not learned to cast our cares on him. (laughs) The Lord is my shepherd. I'm trying to shepherd myself. I'm trying to handle my own problems, Pastor. I'm trying to figure out my own money situations. I'm trying to fill out, figure out my own life and relational situations. I'm trying to figure out all my other stuff. I, I, I know how to do that. If, I, if you knew how to do it, it would be done already, wouldn't it? But if we knew how to handle our lives, our lives would be perfect, and we'd all be rich, and none of us would be working because all of us would have all the money we ever needed, all the love and family we ever needed. But guess what? We are unperfect people living in unperfect bodies, and we have to realize that we need a We need somebody who can't see what we can't see. (laughs) He says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. That word, that want, it means kasir uh, uh, in, uh, in the Hebrew and it means to lack, to need or lacking. In other words, he's saying, I will lack nothing. I will not be in need because the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> well, pastor, I just lost my job. That's fine. You still eating, ain't you? How are you eating? Because God, I serve a God that will tell a prophet to go down with the brook where the ravens is, and he doesn't have a 40-hour-a-week paycheck, and he doesn't have, have money in a 401K or IRA. He doesn't have any Bitcoin, but God says, I send the ravens to feed you. <laughs> he, I serve a God that can take millions of people who have never been on their own for 400 years and say, I give you bread by day, <laughs> and I give you quail to eat, and you don't have to do anything for it. Jesus even says in Matthew 6, he says, consider the lilies of the field. <laughs> There's not one person in Solomon and all his array and his splendor was not dressed like one of those lilies. In other words, although Solomon was one of the richest and wisest men in the world, he still couldn't do it like God. Although you may be able to go out and get a job and provide for yourself, and that's good. He that does not provide for his house is worse than an infidel. But is that the, God, the job that God wants you to have? Are you working and laboring under your own power? Or are you trusting God to lead you to the job he wants you at? Are you trusting God to lead you to the relationship he wants you in? Are you trusting God to lead you to the friends he wants you to have? It may not look like what you think it should look like, but the shepherd can see things that you can't. The shepherd knows things that you don't know. And he says, this is the comforting part. I don't have to have anxiety about where the money's coming from. I don't have to have anxiety about how the bills are going to get paid. Because he says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not. But if you outside of the will of the shepherd, that might be why you in want. Because you shepherd in yourself. The same God that guided Peter to the fish 
and said, open up the fish, and I'm gonna, in that side of that mouth of the fish, I'm going to give you enough money to pay your taxes. That God still is the same God today. He will make a way for you. You have to realize, I won't have to be in want. I don't have to be in lack. I need to be a good steward of what God gives me. Sometimes it's not the enemy. It's just I can't have a budget and balance my finances. But there are some people that are doing the best they can with what they got, and they can't even make ends meet. They can't even make them look at each other. They can't even see each other. But somehow God still makes a way. Stop worrying about how you're going to pay your bill. Stop worrying about those high grocery bills that I myself keep complaining about when my wife comes home and I say, there's enough food here. This is somebody's rent. We're not, we can't be eating all this. And she got five bags and the $300. I can't figure out how that is. But guess what? I don't worry about it because for 42 years, I never missed a meal. For 42 years, God has always made a way. And since I can remember, I've been living a life of holiness, not perfection. For God, I've messed up along the way, but my heart has always been to ultimately please God, and God has never let me down. Even in the darkest seasons of my life, Pastor Ernie, when, uh, hallelujah, I, I remember David said, this is something you can get from David. David said, even when my enemies and my foes, they sitting around saying, wait till he fell. <laughs> wait, wait till this. You don't know that the Bible said they stumbled and fell because you still belong to God. God's still taking care of you. God is still providing for you. They can't, your enemies can't figure out how you're still doing good when they want you to fail. It ain't because of you. It's because of God. <laughs> It's not because of what you do, but the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> Walmart is not my shepherd. Bank of America is not my shepherd. GM and Ford and, 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 and Chrysler, they are not your shepherd. They are supplies of the shepherd. God is your shepherd. And if God is your shepherd and you'll learn to live a holy and set apart life, I promise you this, the word of God does not lie. You shall not want. But it's not just about money. <laughs> when we talk about it, we think about provisions, but sometimes you don't need money, you need peace. You can't go to sleep at night because you're worried about what's going to happen and you're worried about relationship issues. You're worried about folks and people hating on you. You're worried about what they're saying on social media. You're worried about what the doctor said and anxiety is in you. The Lord is your shepherd. Guess what? You can't heal your body, but he can. Go to sleep. He that watches over Israel, slumbers not asleep. Why are you up worrying about it? Lay your head down and know that my shepherd will take care of me. Praise the name of our God. <laughs> he is my shepherd. <laughs> See, when I relinquish ownership, I then enter into partnership. I, I need to say that again because you missed that. When I relinquish ownership, I enter into partnership. <laughs> when I stop owning my life and I submit my life to God, God gives me provision. And now I partner with God and I work with him to carry out his will in the earth. See, he has a will. And when I say, Lord, what do you have for my life? He partners with me and I become a fondle and a conduit of blessing. It's no longer my money, but it's his money. I do with it what he says. And somebody will say, well, this is the deal. Uh, I don't have enough money. Do you tithe? Do you give? Why is that important? Because I've never seen a funnel that'll put oil in the engine that don't get oil on itself first. 
The Bible says that he who refreshes will be refreshed, but a stingy person <laughs> won't receive anything. That's in Proverbs. You know what I mean? Sometimes the prop reason you have financial issues is simply because you're a bad steward and you don't manage a budget. But sometimes it's because God will give you more, but he can't trust you with the little you got. He can't trust you to give now. Why would he give you a million dollars and want you to give a hundred thousand or more off of that? And he gave you two thousand and you can't get two hundred. Because it's your money. It's not your money. It's his money. He's shepherd. If I just had more hours in the day, I would do more stuff. Well, he gives you hundreds of hours in the week. And sometimes you can't make it to church on Sunday and Wednesday. Why would he give you more when you can't do enough with what you Why would he you expect him to put you first when you put him towards you? Help me preach, Brother Denny. I know it was gonna get quiet. <laughs> Hallelujah. When I relinquish my ownership, I go into partnership and salvation has come. God will give me salvation. Now I'm partnered with him to carry out his will in the earth. Are you lacking peace? Are you embracing anxiety? Then let God provide for you. He is your shepherd. He is waiting to give you good things. Your father is a good father, and he, wanna get, he wants to give good gifts to his children. Stop running from him trying to do it on your own. Stop letting him have to break your leg just to slow you down. Slow yourself down and fall on your face and on your knees and say, Lord, I'm yours, and I submit to you. I'm no longer my own. You are my shepherd. And I shall not want every need he will supply. Now I'm going on to the next thing. Not only is the Lord my shepherd, but he makes me lie down and he leads me. Somebody say rest. <laughs> rest is important in our life. Rest is very important in my life and in your life because your body will shut down. It is designed that you cannot function properly without rest. But some of us lay down at night and wake up just as tired as we did when we went to sleep. Why? Because our mind is still racing while we sleep. We it's all in our dreams. We dreaming about people at work in our dreams. How did you get in here? You 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 were living rent free in my head. Get out of here. You you you're always stressing. Why? Because you're not realizing that God's your shepherd and giving those things to God. And He says this. He didn't say He asked if I would lie down. He said He makes me lie down. <laughs> he he makes me lie down that word in the hebrew means he causes me to stretch out <laughs> you know it's, it's one thing when you're sleeping on a couch and, and you you get a little bit of sleep like this that's okay sleep but there's no better sleep when people come in and the covers are on the floor and the pillows are over there and you haven't got there and you like you just like this you stretched out you don't have a care in the world you ever been like that isn't that the best sleep in the world that's what he's saying he causes me to stretch out without a care in the world i can get sweet sleep not just any sleep but sweet sleep because i know the lord Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down. And not only do you lie down and get rested, but he causes you to lay down in green pastures. In other words, not only do you get rest, but he'll supply and nourish you in the same place. <laughs> See, when your mind stops 
racing all the time and worrying about, I wonder if this going to happen, I wonder if that's going to happen, and your mind slows down, you begin to hear a voice that you never heard before. It's the voice of God, and he'll speak to your heart. The problem is, it's not that he's not speaking all the time. It's that the background noise keeps you from hearing him. You can't hear him because you got the TV up. You can't hear him because you got the football game on. You can't hear him because you got social media and these reels going like this all the time. You can't hear him because you got all those things of how I'm going to pay my bills in your mind. You got you can't hear him because you're worried about all the things the doctor may say when he calls. The doctor going to say whatever he said when he calls. Stop worrying about it. God got you. He is your shepherd. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you need to release that stuff. And when you release it, he'll cause you to lay down and be nourished. He will nourish your spirit. There is nothing like a fully well-nourished spirit and a fully well-nourished soul. He'll make you lie down. <laughs> See, when people lie down and an animal lies down, you have to know, from, be from the country, when you watch animals, a deer, and a deer is going around, he's always, he's got his head on the swivel like this. He's always looking out for predators. Huh? And if we're lucky, he don't see us. But at the same time, he, he's looking around, and he's looking, and most times a buck won't even come out because he knows he's the prize. He'll send the other ones out, and they'll graze, and they're not worried. They graze, and they're not even looking up. And there's a buck somewhere sitting back, and he's looking at all of them, and they're not, they not worried about grazing because they got a big strong buck around them and, and sometimes that's to their demise because men are different than, than the lions and, and tigers and bears but here's the deal that they are not worried why because they can eat and be nourished they're not worried about what's coming why because they know they got protection and that's what God is saying. He's saying, if you'll let me be your shepherd, I'll make it to where you're not worried about your predators. I'll make it to where you're not worried about your haters and your enemies. I'll make it to where you're not worried about your naysayers. That, that you are, the Bible says, at night I will lay down and go to sleep. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you can place yourself and be vulnerable in situations because you trust and protect. Some people are having relationship problems right now. Because the predators have always come at you and they've destroyed you and now you always keep your heart up and now the person that really wants to love you, they won't let you in. You may be in the room or online. Why? Because you always have your guard up because you don't want to get hurt again. But what I'm telling you, let the Lord be your shepherd. And if they're not for you, the Lord will send them into the cornfield, as one of our, our sisters used to say. The Lord will get rid of them. You don't have to worry about that. What you do is you just live your life. Don't live a life that's close up and mad and anxiety and always trying to be angry at people and that a lot of people aren't mad that's a defense mechanism they yell and they cuss and they scream because they hurt they've been hurt before and they they less like an animal backed into the corner they do that to keep you off of them because they haven't realized that the Lord is your shepherd when you realize that God has protected you you'll stop trying to protect yourself when you realize that God is fighting for you, you'll stop trying to get back at people yourself. Those people who have the spirit of get back in them, that's a real spirit, aren't they? <laughs> the spirit of get back. I'm, I'm going to get you back if it's the last thing I... Oh, we got some people that had that spirit before, huh? <laughs> How about that? It's because you don't realize that the Lord is your shepherd. And the Lord says, vengeance is mine, and I will repay. I don't have to do it. I told a friend this one time. Uh, uh, they used to be a friend, and they were doing some things, and they didn't know I knew they were doing them. And I said, let me tell you one thing. I said, I don't know, I'm not worried about what nobody do to me. You know why? Because if you do me wrong, the Lord going to take care of me. <laughs> but you need to know, too, 
if you're doing me wrong, he's going to take care of you too. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about my enemy. I don't, I, sometimes people think they're getting away with stuff and they think they got over on you. They're not getting over on you. You just know I ain't got to deal with you because I'm not the shepherd. I've got somebody who's protecting me and making me lie down in green pastures and leading me beside still water. Notice he says still waters, calm waters. Do you always, does it always seem like a soap opera in your life? or made-for-TV movies, or a reality TV, and there's always drama going on in your life, maybe it's because the Lord's not your shepherd. Because a lot of the things that give you drama, when you get close to God, they, they tend to fall off. You got a lot of snakes in your life, and God's trying to get rid of those snakes. It's a funny thing about, about animals. Animals are, are amazing, and eagles are one of the most fascinating creatures. An eagle will take a snake and want to eat that snake, and that snake is filled with venomous poison. But what they do is an eagle will grab that snake by the, by the nape of the neck where it can't bite him. And he knows something, that there's only so high that a snake can breathe. <laughs> And what he'll do, he'll grab that snake by the neck, and while the snake is trying to get out, while that snake is still trying to attack him, he flies so high that the snake suffocates because he can survive up there, but the snake can't. Some of your problems coming because you're trying to get down and get back. <laughs> you're trying to get low with everybody else. Why don't you let God lift you up and start flying with Jesus? I'm going to stop worrying about that, and I'm going to get in prayer. I'm going to stop worrying about that, and I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to stop worrying about this, and I'm going to do this. And guess what? After a while, you'll get so high that you'll get to a place where the enemy cannot survive. He cannot survive. So how do I know it? The Bible says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Oh, God will be your protection. God will be your shield. Stop trying to fight your own battles and take off. Because the closer I get up here, the closer I get to God. The closer you get to God, the closer you are to where the enemy cannot come. I told Brother Dave this the other day. Uh, I said I, I, the spirit realm sometimes works just like the natural realm, just like there are borders in, in the earth. There are borders in heaven. I, I, I didn't know if you knew that, but there are borders in heaven. Look at Daniel chapter 10. Why? Because the angel came to Daniel and said, I would have come to you, but the prince of Persia, he prevented me from coming. What does that mean? The prince of Persia was referring to a demonic power. And that demonic power was sitting in the area of Persia. And they, he had his kingdom. That's why Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. There are spiritual borders around things. The reason Job, that Satan couldn't get to Job, why did he say, I would have got to Job, but you have a what? Head. You have a border around him. Why do I have people praying as hard? Because they're gonna be God's gonna send some people in this place that's got some real demonic stuff on their life. They got some real live demons in their life. They got some real life struggles, and I want them to saturate this place with prayer, but so we can set the border of the Lord in this place. So when they come into the door, a demon can't be comfortable in his presence. And they even when they try to fight, even when they try to hold people captive, they have to release them <laughs> they have to release them <laughs> and let them go <laughs> because they overstepped their boundaries you have to set up a border of holiness 
You have to get in your knees in prayer and faith and fellowship and fasting. It's time for the church to go back to prayer. It's time for the church to go back to fasting. It's time to, for the church to go back to the old time way. You know, I, I, it's, it's okay to have new, new furniture and new musicians. I love all that stuff and all these things. All those things, nothing wrong with that. But I think we have thrown out the day the baby with the bathwater. We worked so much trying to get in new stuff that we threw out the old stuff that was working. Prayer still works. Holiness still works. Righteousness still works. Fasting still works. Reading your Bible and deliverance still works. We need to take those principles and put them back into the church because when we do, we realize something that God will make us lie down in green pastures and lead us beside the still waters. I trust the shepherd so I can get some rest. Some of us go to bed tired and wake up by, tired because we won't stretch out and get some rest. We're trying to protect ourselves against rumors. Let me tell you something. Whether the rumor is true <laughs> or the rumor's not, they're going to tell it anyway. And if you ain't doing nothing, they're going to make up something. And if you did do something, ain't nothing you can do about it now. <laughs> go to bed. Get some rest. Yes. Why well, ruin my reputation? If it was yours, you shouldn't have had it anyway. Let God take care of that. Mm-hmm. At the end, he'll determine yep. whose reputation is ruined and who is not. God knows the truth. Yes. Stop worrying about whether people can put you up or pull you down. There's not a man on earth that can pull you up or put you down. Only God can. They might try to block you from communicating. They might try to block you from all sorts of things. But at the end of the day, God is the only person that has the final say. What you worried for? Why are you trying to protect yourself against slander? You see somebody say something negative to you on Facebook. All of a sudden, blood pressure go up. <laughs> oh, they throwing shade. Oh, I, you trying to be you trying to be sneaky with it? That's okay. I got something for you. I got something for you. I'm going to say this, and you, 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 you put all this stuff out, you get your pictures together to, to do your sneaky comeback at them, and you be like, no, nah, that's not good enough. And you erase all that stuff, and you say, I'm going to say something else, you be like, no, nah, that's not good enough. And you rip your retort 15 times until you finally put it out there. Then you're looking at your phone every 30 seconds to see if they see it yet. <laughs> that's, that, that's that spirit. Of, anybody been guilty of that? <laughs> that's that spirit of get back. <laughs> Because you're trying to defend yourself. Stop trying to save your own reputation. The Bible says he was made of low reputation. God is saying, lay down. I've got this. You can do what you can, but trust me, and I'll make the rest out. Do the things that you know you need to do day to day, and let me trust me for the results. Trust me that I have you covered. Don't just lay down, but lay down in green pastures. Somebody say, he causes me to rest in his provision. He doesn't want you stressed out. Think about something. All sorts of different socioeconomic Ladders and rungs in this church. So there's people here that's from blue collar to no collar at all to white collar. <laughs> but one thing's for certain, no matter where you came from, everybody in here at least had enough meals to make it to the day. You've had enough clothes to make it to the day. 
you had enough transportation to get here. Whether you got a ride or somebody brought you, he's taking care of you. God is always taking care of you. It's never been you taking care of yourself, baby. It's always been him providing for you. He's always been healing you. It's never been you healing yourself. He's always been fighting for you. You complain about the battles you see. You don't see half the battles that God has fought for you that you never saw. You don't see half the dangers that could have got you that he kept from getting to you. You don't see half of the things that the enemy shot at you that God protected you from because the shepherd doesn't tell the sheep about the wolf. He goes out and beats the wolf and he stabs the wolf while he's caring for the sheep. If you knew how many times you should have died and God blocked it. If you knew how many times you should have overdosed and God blocked it. If you knew how many times your drug deal should have gone bad and you should have died and God blocked it. I don't know who I'm talking to. If you don't know how many times that you shouldn't have gained back because you got in the wrong car with somebody and their intent was to kill you, but God blocked it. If you knew how many times you should have lost your job because people been plotting against you, but God blocked it. If you really knew, it wouldn't be one seat in this house that had anybody in it because you be up shouting Lord I thank you not just for what I know you did but the things you did that I never found out about oh Jesus he causes me to rest in his provision you let yourself to anxiety you've let yourself to stress you've let yourself to medication let God take you to rest Medication is good if you need something. I just got a vitamin D pill because I don't, I don't have any vitamin D. There's no sun up here. I need a vitamin D. That's fine. And, and that's all good. And I feel a little bit better about it. 200 days, there's no sun up here. That doesn't do well for melanated people. And I needed some. I talked to the doctor and I said, how much is my, my, my vitamin D supposed to be? She said 30. I said, how much is it? She said 13. I said, oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> I might need a little bit of that. And she gave me some. I said, I'm not good with pills. I've never taken medicine. I'm not going to take a pill every day. She said, you get it over the counter. She gave it to me so I could take it once a week. I think I can do once a week. That's about all I can do. And I got to stay healthy because if it's up to me to take a pill, y'all can say goodbye to me. I'm just not good with that. But, uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, a lot of us are taking medication. We don't have to take. Some of the anxiety medicine, some of us is on. Some of it's biological, but many of it's just stress-related. We allow stuff to stress us out because we think we own something. Naked you came into this world, and naked you return. I brought nothing into this world, and I won't take anything away. Why am I stressing over something I can't keep? If you want to walk off and leave me, that's fine. I can't keep the relationship one, anyway. One day, both of us going to be dead. Why are you stressing about people that don't want you? Let them go. I can't deal with the new holy you. I can't deal with this church type of Christian. Well, let, let them go. Bye. Because <laughs> I brought nothing into this world. <laughs> And I won't take anything 
away. You stressing trying to get a big house. You stressing trying to get a big car. I want you to know it'll be here when you go. You brought nothing into this world and you won't take anything away. It's good to have those things and, and, and enjoy those things, but don't you let them things stress you out. If your mortgage is too much and it's stressing you out, sell the house and get a smaller house. If that car payment is stressing you out, get rid of that car payment and get you a beater. You better get around. You'd be better to get around at a $200 car with no payment than be stressed and about to have a heart attack in a BMW. Learn to let the Lord be your shepherd. Who am I preaching to this morning? Hallelujah. One of the reasons people don't reach all that God has for them is they don't want to be led. Because it says he leadeth me beside the still waters. And we rebellious. We don't want nobody to tell us to do nothing. But the only way he be, he'll be your shepherd is if you allow him to lead you. Yes. And the last thing, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Yes. <laughs> he restores my soul. <clears throat> what is the soul? We use that word a bunch in, in biblical terms. It's interchangeable sometimes to the heart. The soul simply means this in biblical terms. The mind, the will, and the emotions. Who you are, your personality. Sometimes your mind is troubled. That's why he said, be still, oh my soul. My soul is troubled. My mind, the, the core of who I am is troubled. And this is the thing. Some of us have been through so many things and been scarred through all our mistakes and some of the mistakes that we didn't cause and people caused to us when we were vulnerable and they took advantage of us and, and we're not at peace in our mind. But guess what? I've learned something. God is a restorer. Yeah. <laughs> when you get an old car, this is Detroit. Everybody's seen those restored cars. And sometimes they're, they're restored with original parts, but sometimes they can't find original parts. And sometimes that's good. You know why? Because when you restore it, you restore it better with something better than with what was available back then. And right now, you, you're mad because God didn't give you that back at this point. But now, baby, I've come to declare and prophesy to you today. He's fixing to give you a peace that's better than anything you ever had. He's fixing to give you a truth that's better than anything you ever had. He's fixing to give you a love that's better than anything you had. Because it's time for your soul to be restored. I hear him saying, and I will restore all that the locusts and the canker worm have destroyed. God is a restorer. You might have been broken. You might have had a black past, a, a nasty, dirty past. I've come to you today to say, stop walking in the guilt of your mistakes. So what you've been on drugs? So what you got a jail record? So what you got babies with different baby dads? Who cares? God is here to restore you today. And when God restores you, he restores you like nobody else. When God restores you, he restores you to where the enemy can't come in and get you. He restores you and sets you up apart that the enemy can't come in and tear down what he's building up. He will give you mental stability and peace of mind. He restores and refreshes, and he brings you back to a place of equilibrium. He brings you back to a place where you're happy. 
I don't know why I'm talking about this, but somebody needs to hear this. I, the reason I had to get the vitamin D is because I was, I was dealing with a little what you call seasonal depression. And I'm, as you know, I'm not a very sad person. For those of you who know me, I'm generally pretty happy and laughing all the time. But I knew something was off. My equilibrium was off. Everything's going right in my life. I'm spiritual. The church is going well. I'm praying, God, why do I feel like this? And I noticed something, <laughs> that when I took that pill, that little vitamin D is not medicine. It's just a vitamin. I noticed something after a while I started to feel a little different <laughs> and I felt better than I ever felt in a long time because my equilibrium and my balance was restored and some of you you don't realize how bad you feel till you feel better <laughs> I know you think you feel good all right right now but if you just break down and give yourself completely to God you'll say I can't believe I spent all my time running around trying to do it on my own and God you'll do it for me I can't believe I spent all this time chasing money when if I knew I would have chased you, you'd have made the money chase me. God, I know. Soul. He restores my soul. My life and my living and my emotions and my desires. Do you need emotional and spiritual healing? Submit your life to the shepherd. Let him heal you and bring you back to his intention and to his design. The deeper fellowship God will give you in the darkest time of your life. God never promised a life without struggles, but he did promise companionship. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why would I fear it? Not because of the darkness, because you are. I've come to declare to you today, there are some people in this room, when, you, when people leave, they think you strong as can be, and all you do is cry on your pillow. Well, nobody will see you cry. God is saying, in those darkest moments, I am with you. I was going to say this for next week, but Holy Ghost, you said do it. Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> There was literally a valley of the shadow of death. That valley was so deep down geographically that you couldn't, once you went in, you couldn't see in front of your face. And you couldn't see from one end to the other. So he's saying you might be in a place where you can't see your hand in front of your face. It seems dark. It doesn't seem like you're coming out. But I won't fear. Why? Because, God, I know even in my mess-ups, even in my hang-ups, even in my mess, you are still with me. Shalabosha. You are still with me. <laughs> Even in the bad diagnosis for the doctor, you're still with me. <laughs> Even though they walked out on me and said I wanted a divorce, you're still with me. Even though they said they wanted to never speak to me again, you're still with me. Even though they said it's been great, but you're going to have to find another job. It's time to part way. You're still with me. Even though they stabbed you in the back. Even though they lied on you. Even though they betrayed me. God, you are still with me. And your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Hallelujah. This was going to be a two-part sermon, but I'm following the Holy Ghost. Can y'all give me about five more minutes? Do y'all y'all tired of me? <laughs> he said, you prepare. This has been my favorite part. When you realize that the Lord is your shepherd, you can walk through dark valleys and he'll restore your soul. But this is what I like. He says, thou prepareth a table. 
for me. Now, when you start thinking about that, the first thing you think about is a table right here. But that's not the table he's talking about, that a shepherd would go up to a, a mountainous terrain. And, and, and when he found a, a, a flat place for the sheep, he would he would uh, he would pull them out right here. <laughs> and, uh, and and what he would do, he would he would let them eat because that was a safe place for them to eat and to get nourishment. And they didn't have to worry about nothing coming up there. He said, thou uh, prepare a table for me. Oh, Lord, lift me up and let me stand. My faith on heaven's table land. No other plane that I have found. Lord, plant my feet on solid ground. That's what that song means. Lord, plant me in a place where the enemy can't come get me. Plant me in a place where I can eat. And all he can do is sit from the bottom and look up and lick his lips. But he can't make it to where you put me. I've come to tell you, God is about to put you in a place where your enemies can see you. But they can't do nothing but watch you. They can't do nothing but watch God work in your life. They can't do nothing but watch what God is going to do for you and get mad about it. But guess what? I like the fact that God's going to put a table in me. It might be a little bit of the spirit of pettiness in me, in me uh, Terry, but I don't care because he didn't let me eat alone. He let me eat, and he let me eat in the presence of my enemies. <laughs> When you thought I was going to die and when you counted me out, when you thought I was going to fail and lose everything, uh, God will let you and put you in a place where they have to look at you and they got to be mad. I told people, don't try to get back at people. Don't try to get over on people. The best way you get back at your enemy is to forgive them and succeed. Because nothing makes anybody matter. There's somebody that hates you, but they still can't stop you. And I come to tell you that if God is for you, you. Oh, stop. As a matter of fact, I want you to call your enemy and say, I'd like you to invite you to so you can see what God's about to do in my life. I'd like you to come and see what God is working in my life because God is going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I could ask of you. Oh, according to his power, not to my power. I know you don't know why I can forgive you because I got to go ahead and forgive you before I can get to the table that God has. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But I, I've lived life with some enemies. I've lived life with some people who were looking for me to fall. I've looked to live life for people who didn't just try. They tried their best to destroy me and take me down. But I want to give you this. What God gave me, he gave me a psalm. And the psalm 27 said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. They stumbled and they fell. They were hosted and camped against me. This will I be confident. I'm not worried about my enemies. Why? Because one thing have I desired of the Lord. That, that I will seek after. That I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Is there anybody that wants to dwell in the house of the Lord? Is there anybody here? Stand to your feet and give God some praise and give the blessed name of Jesus and say, I, I know you. 
You don't know, like I know, what God has done for me. Why is Pastor Willie running? Why is Pastor Willie shouting? Because I've been in the valley of the shadow of death. I've been in a place so dark I didn't think I would come out. But look at where I'm standing. Look at what God has done for me. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody right now be looking at where I'm standing and they mad about it. But I say, come on in and take a seat. There's plenty of room. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Stop worrying about those people that don't like you. Stop worrying about those people that are trying to destroy you. Give them to God and let God be your shepherd. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 about you, but I feel like shouting. Has anybody else never been in a dark place? And you can look right now. And if you've been in a dark place, I want you to raise your hand. Raise your hand. Now I want you to do something. I want you to take this hand and pinch yourself. You know what that means. Baby, you still here. <laughs> Hallelujah. No matter what the enemy tried to do to you, you're still here. No matter how many friends you lost, you're still here. No matter how many mistakes you made, you still here. No matter how many times you've fallen, God has picked you right back up. God loves you with an everlasting love. Oh, Jesus. And he'll give it to you. If you seek for something that's beneath the surface. Is there anybody that wants the Lord to be your shepherd? Is there anybody that says, God, I don't want church as usual anymore. I want a relationship with you that others can't explain. I want to feel you in a way that no, that I've never felt you before. If that's you, walk this way. God is calling you today. Walk this way. If you need a deeper relationship with him, just the closer walk with you. Granny, Jesus is my feet. Don't worry about it. People don't judge you. It's not just them. I don't care how long you've been here. If you need a deeper relationship with God, you can be 440 or 400. Come on to this altar. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even in the camera crew, I like the young people coming, but I know some old people out here that need more of him. I see some coming now. Come on up. Anybody that needs more of God today? That says, God, I've known you this way for 50 years, but I want you even more. If that's you, I see somebody in the back waving your hand. You can let the camera go and come on down. Come on down. That camera will take care of itself. If they want to see that bad, they can come. <laughs> come on down and get what God has for you. Here's the deal.
But when he does, I tell you this, don't reach on to him, don't grab him. Everybody say, let him go. Let them go. Hallelujah. God is trying to take you somewhere. He's not trying to take you back to what you had. Stop trying to get him to restore what you had and receive what he had.